The Eastern Oklahoma Catholic Podcast is brought to you by the Office of Communications at the Diocese of Tulsa and Eastern Oklahoma. For any of us, it is possible to be so overtaken by the uh, the ordinary challenges and daily, sometimes drudgery mm-hmm. uh, of our life, that we lose sight of what God wants to do. The fact that God does have a plan for us and he does want to do amazing things for and with us. Um we all know people who we would say our estimation would be that person is a saint. Mm-hmm. But when we say that, usually it's not based on some mystical experience we've seen them have or anything like that. It's right. going to be based on sort of ordinary uh, virtues, but that we simply see them activate. Welcome to Tulsa Time with Bishop Condola. I'm Adam Minahan. It's great to have you guys here again this week. Last week we talked about you know uh, marriage, the domestic church, the article that you wrote in the Eastern Oklahoma Catholic, uh, and we recently just beatified the church. Just recently announced and beatified a, a family that was very exciting because there's not a whole lot of uh, families or married uh, people in the vocation of marriage that are that are saints compared to the consecrated life or, or mm-hmm. um, you know, the religious life. Um, so it was a very kind of unique and exciting time period for the universal church. Yeah, this was a, it's an example of how big the world is. Um, I came across the story of this couple, the Olmas, the family is named as Olma. Uh, I came across this story accidentally. And yet, uh, it just happened September 10th, mm-hmm. so it's very recent. But this was a family, mom and dad and seven children, and she was pregnant with their eighth child. Mm-hmm. And it was during the time of the Nazi uh, atrocities. Mm-hmm. And they were hiding Jews in their attic. Right. And that uh, was discovered. A person who was trying to obtain the property of the Jewish family that was hiding in the attic turned them in as a way of eliminating the owners of the property. Uh, The Nazi um, officials came to the house and killed the entire family. First, they killed all the people that were hiding in the attic, and there was like seven mm-hmm. people, mm-hmm. Uh, one whole family, and then two members of another family. And then they shot the parents and then the children. And apparently the mother of the family gave birth, went into labor after she was shot, because they were immediately buried in the yard Mm -hmm. of the family home. 
And later, when the bodies were exhumed to be properly buried, uh, the baby was there between mm -hmm. her legs. Mm -hmm. And so, obviously, a horrific, tragic story. So much evil came out of that regime, that Nazi ideology and regime, uh, that it's just almost incalculable. And yet, these heroic stories overwhelm it. Mm -hmm. And this is one of those. And one of the things that I was struck by as I was reading about this family was the resolute courage of these parents. Because these two had to know that they were putting not just their own lives at risk, but also the lives of their children were being put at risk by their decision to allow Jews to hide in the attic, trying to save their lives. And yet, even knowing that, they recognized we have to do this. We have to do something to help these people. Mm -hmm. So, of course, it was you know, truly um, remarkable circumstance, you know, certainly right. horrific and, and out of the ordinary circumstance. Um, and yet, they made that resolute decision. Mm -hmm. It did end up costing them and their children their lives. And yet, because of what we believe about the resurrection, and now because of what the church has done as a sign of what we believe, they have been beatified as martyrs. Even the baby who was born in the moment of the mother dying have all been beatified as martyrs. They also have been recognized by the Jewish Holocaust organization that's called Vad, I, I forget the exact name, Vad something, uh, but it's an organization that recognizes Gentiles who nonetheless tried to save the lives of Jews, especially during the Holocaust. This family has also been recognized as righteous uh, people mm. by that organization, inappropriately so. Yeah. But uh, it, it does lead one into the larger uh, subject, as you were describing, that most of the canonized saints of the church uh, have been religious, priests or bishops or men or women religious. There have been some um, married saints along the way, but often, at least up until recently, often mm -hmm. it would be, for example, a, a woman who was married, who did very uh, wonderful and heroically holy things, and then when her husband died, she became a, a religious. Right. And yeah. founded an orphanage or something, and uh, ended up being canonized and so forth. But there's been relatively few who were canonized precisely because of marriage. That's in, right. In other words, uh, whose lives indicate that their marital vows and the way they understood them and the way they tried to live them were the efficient cause mm -hmm. of their holiness. And that holiness was heroic, and uh, for that they were canonized. This family is one of them. Mm -hmm. uh, they, were, they are martyrs, and so they're beatified as martyrs. But, uh, for example, uh, the parents of St. Therese of Lisieux, the Martins, mm -hmm. 
uh, here's a husband and wife who's who had several children who were saints, mm-hmm. uh, and who the husband and wife were also saints. Um, the doctor from Italy, Blessed Gianna Mola, in that biographical story is the the deliberation between the husband and the wife, Blessed John and her husband, that if they don't allow the... So in her case, she had, I think it was uterine cancer or something like that, and was pregnant, and the doctor said, if you don't abort this pregnancy, you will die because we won't be able to treat the cancer. She refused to do that, uh, carried the pregnancy to term, the baby was born, and then, in fact, they were not able to adequately treat the cancer after that birth, and she did die. They discussed together and had to deliberate together as a husband and a wife and engaged the courage that comes from the grace of the sacrament to be able to say, no, this is the right thing. Mm -hmm. This is the right thing to do, and we don't want it to lead to this... uh, very tragic circumstance, but we're willing to face that if that's what happens. Um, yeah. w- when you think of that, it it hopefully you know that kind of thing is inspiring. Yeah, it causes us to say uh, we want to take not just be faithful to our marriage vows, but to recognize our marriage vows have power for us. How do we how do we plug into that power? How do we uh, make that power come alive in our life together. Yeah. Uh, and one thing I love about the Almas is uh, a lot of times with saints, you have this high uh, vision of them, right? You're like Padre Pio with the stigmata, uh, St. Francis Assisi with the stigmata. I mean, all these things are like, I that is just so hard to relate to. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like they're just so holy and it's just like it's hard to to wrap your mind around that that lifestyle or that, you know, that, that way of life. What I love about the Olmas, though, is is, is uh, Joseph, the the father, uh, before he got married, he built a little home for for the family, um, and then he was he really loved photography, mm. and so he was t- he he took a lot of pictures of the family mm. because he was l- learning photography and learning how to do it, and so there's so many pictures. There's a lot of pictures of that family mm-hmm. doing very ordinary things. Mm. Right, uh, the kids uh, doing homework, mom doing the dishes, uh, the family sitting outside together. Like, there's just a lot of pictures of the family right. because he he likes photography, but it's just doing ordinary things yeah. uh, that a family does. Yeah. Um, and so, like, uh, to me, it, it's a blessing um, because I think that if, if for a lot of families, because it's hard to relate sometimes to some of these really holy. Sure. Uh, priests, uh, nuns, who you know, in the when you're in the vocation of, of marriage, that that's not your state in life. So it's kind of hard to to relate to some of those things. Yeah. They almost give this beautiful witness yeah. of the the just uh, the ordinary life of yeah. of marriage, a family. Yeah, I think for any of us, and this is true also for celibate uh, clerics or religious. For any of us, it is possible to be so overtaken by the uh, the ordinary challenges and daily, sometimes drudgery mm-hmm. uh, of our life, that we lose sight of what God wants to do. The fact that God does have a plan for us and He does want to do amazing things 
for and with us. Um, we all know people who we would say, our estimation would be that person is a saint. Mm -hmm. But when we say that, usually it's not based on some mystical experience we've seen them have or anything like that. It's right. going to be based on sort of ordinary uh, virtues, but that we simply see them activate often. Mm. Uh, if we don't, if we don't say to, of ourselves, "Yeah, they're so holy, and I'm not. <laughs> right, I'm a slug. Right." Um, that may be an actual and true virtue of humility, because of course saints don't sit around saying, "Wow, I'm so holy." Look at me. <laughs> Let me polish my halo for just a second. Because <laughs> if they do, they're not saints. Right. Uh, saints don't account themselves that way, so humility is a good thing to have. But we don't want humility to overwhelm God's promises. Mm -hmm. uh, the vocation that God has given us, he's given us to gift us. He, he's not calling us to be married or to be parents or to be a priest or religious in order to weigh us down, you know, and to challenge us, all those vocations, because human life itself, come with challenges, so there's no escaping that right. life is going to have challenges. But what he's doing is giving us those vocations as ways for us to participate in his divine life so that we would be filled with joy. Hmm. Uh, when I allow my anxiety or my worry as a bishop, you know, thinking about this or that, or trying to make this or that decision. If I allow that to overwhelm the reality that God has called me to serve as a bishop so that he can fill me with joy in the service, then that's on me for allowing that to overwhelm because it doesn't have to. By prayer, by spiritual reading, by remembering uh, what God has done through the consecration that I received, I can stay more firmly connected to God wants to do good things here for me. Hmm. Even in the midst of what may be difficult circumstances, God wants to do good things for me. And so the same is true for any vocation, for the married vocation. You know, on those days when, holy mackerel, if there's one more thing, I can remember my poor dad <laughs> sometimes at the dinner table saying, if one more person spills something... <laughs> Because yeah, I can relate to that. With yeah. 14 people sitting around the table, there was always something spilled. Right. But even in those moments, to not be overwhelmed by that, but to stop and say, no, 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 this is going to pass. And God is intending very beautiful and good things through this, uh, helps us to, to rise above it. Yeah, and I mean, you know, the whole, you know, we we desire in marriage that we, uh, you know, that we have children and that we populate heaven with all of those beautiful souls. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, and and again, you know, to to for married couples to look at their kids and never take for granted the fact that these are eternal beings. Mm -hmm. We we made them, quote, right. made them. Yeah. God, of course, made their soul. Uh, God has created them for himself. But yet we have co-created with God these eternal beings. Right. Boy, they eat a lot of macaroni and cheese, but they are <laughs> eternal beings. 
They do, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the amount of food that goes through the Manhattan household right now is is, is pretty high, yeah, yeah. But but you're right, you know, like uh, it's it's a it's a gift, but it's also a duty to the you know for parents, mm-hmm. you know, to to raise their children and have the home be a, a home where they can learn the virtues. Mm-hmm. Um, I highly recommend if you guys don't have uh, a catechism of the of, of the Catholic Church. Uh, uh, Ascension Press just recently put this one together. Mm. Uh, it's really uh, well done. It has ribbons for each section of the catechism. But in uh, catechism, if you go to 2214 and uh, 22... Paragraph. Paragraph. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, good distinction. Paragraph 2214 and paragraph 2221. These are uh, the beginning. It talks about the duties of family members, <laughs> and it, they lay out in here very beautifully the duties of the children, which is something that is really great to read. Uh, that because it gives you an insight of like what you should be teaching your children, mm-hmm. um, but then also like what the children are supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. But then also the duties of parents. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things it says in here is that the home should be well suited for the educations in the virtues. Yeah. Uh, and so it, it's just a really good uh, resource that the church has given us, that, and it's very easy to read. Uh, if you look at it, I mean, they're very little paragraphs. It's not something yeah. that's going to take you a long time to read. But it is um, really great to, to kind of reflect on, even last week you were talking about just thinking about how to run, to order your family life. Like just thinking about the small things that we can kind of tweak to orient our family towards, towards Christ. Yeah. Right. This is a great, almost like almost an examination. Uh, yeah, of, I was thinking of the term job description. All of us yeah. do better if we clearly understand what is our job description? What does it look like when we're achieving success and what we're supposed to be doing? And so similarly for parents raising children to be able to have a sense of what are we supposed to be doing, accomplishing, it's not as broad as the sky. Right. You know, it can feel like it is. It's not as broad as the sky. It's more like here. And if we're doing that, we're accomplishing. There may be many things we wish we were doing or things that we thought we should do or whatever. Well, maybe we'll be able to one day. But right now, we're accomplishing what we need to be accomplishing. Yeah. I mean, the... The gift of time, right? The Lord has given us only so much amount of time, and the things that you've done in the past, uh, you can't do. You can't. It's solidified. The things that you're doing in the future aren't guaranteed, and so the gift of right now is is what God has given us. And so we have. We should say, well, let's utilize this for. Let's start today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think though that that what we one of the things that we do with the right now is ongoing conversation. This is one of the things we talk about when we when we discuss uh, fertility awareness and what uh, sometimes is also called natural family planning, using methods of fertility awareness or NFP so that we can plan for our children. When are we going to have children? The number of children we think it would be prudent for us to have and so forth. Uh, without using contraceptives, one of the things we talk about there is that these kind of methods lend themselves readily to an ongoing conversation. Mm-hmm. But how are we doing as a couple? How are we doing as a family? What do we, you know, how is our energy level and our sense of 
of uh, bandwidth or capacity to do more. All of which, though, also should be weighed against the future. The fact that we're not going to be able to uh, give birth to children forever. Mm -hmm. And the family that we hope to end up with. So, you know, one way to say it is five years after we have had the last child and we're no longer tired. <laughs> or at least not as tired. Not as tired, right? Yeah. Um, will we wish we had had more children? Will we recognize, gosh, there's, it just feels like we wanted to have more children. Those are the kinds of conversations in the now that can affect the future. Right. Yeah. Uh, the Olmas, uh, they already had seven children. Well, and she was pregnant with the eighth. The having of those seven children, kinds of conversations and the kinds of adaptations to life, the recognition that we won't be able to have children forever, those are all things that fed into the prudence that they used to make this other decision mm -hmm. that turned out to be a heroic decision to try to save these Jewish families who were threatened with this Nazi atrocity. Uh, and that... So those earlier decisions helped uh, what helped uh, give strength to them as a couple in being able to make this huge decision. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like kind of like what we said la last week, right, you know, to, to set t time aside to pray with one another, you know, and I think we should use, you know, the, the blessed, blessed almost to, as a, a intercessor for us. Sure. sure uh, you yeah. know, the kind of the um, the. Ordinary family, so to speak, mm -hmm. um, that they pray for us and, and show us the ways in which we can, you know, teach our children and and, and be um, be a reflection of light of, of Christ to, to to everybody else. Right. So yeah. highly recommend it. Uh, our Sunday visitor actually just did a little uh, a miniature documentary on. It's about ten minutes long. If you just Google our Sunday visitor, almost it'll pop up. It's a great little U uh, L M A. Yeah, U U L M A. Um, it's a great little document document series, uh, ten minutes long, easy to 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 watch, uh, and gives you a, some really good information on on the family and and who they are and mm -hmm. and, and their whole story. So I highly recommend that. The kind of thing as we spoke before that you can sit the kids down and let's watch it together, right? And discuss it, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So if you could give us a, a, a rating or review, if you want to hear a specific topic that you want Bishop to talk about, you can send that over to us. I think we're going to be doing a Halloween episode uh, upcoming mm -hmm. here pretty soon. But um, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, give us a rating or review if you could. Uh, I'm Adam Minahan, and we will see you next week. <laughs>